the VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 631, recorded on November 15th, 2021. Welcome to the 631st edition of the TV Gaming Podcast, the 464th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Dunzer. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry and the gaming flashback. Let me ask you a question. Do you have your mic on automatic uh, detect when you're talking? No, not Because um, your your voice goes low and high as if it's... As if it's trying to connect. You know, it's like you have it on, on, on detect a sound option. Let me see if... Just to be sure that everything is going through the right sources. Yeah, because been... it goes in and out. It gets louder and softer as if it's like focus on, on, on noise make instead of just having it on a 24-7. I didn't adjust. I think this is better now. Yeah, you sound fine, Scott. Okay, good. Testing one, two, three, four, five. It's better. Um, we'll just have to go with it, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, like I, I don't know what else we can do with, with this particular. This isn't like a. A desk mic. This is just like a headset mic. Oh, that might be your problem right there. Well, but it's the same headset mic I've been using for the last four episodes. Yeah, I know, and I've had that going in and out. <laughs> Anyways, um, where were we? All right. <laughs> so um, we're going to start with what have you been playing? Um, I know what I've been playing, but we're going to discuss that later. What have you been playing, TJ? I got into the Elden Ring uh, closed network test this last weekend. Ah, well, that's kind of fortuitous, considering what the gaming flashback is. Mm-hmm. How is Elden Ring? It's pretty great. I like the way that they've expanded upon what they have with uh, From Software style. I think it's peak From Software style in the form. But, like, the combat feels good. The traversal feels good. I love that there's a jump button. I like that there's a... Uh, there's stance breaking, like in Sekiro. I think that's a good thing to bring back. It it makes combat feel really satisfying. Um, I don't think that this game is going to change people's minds of on from software games, whether they're super fans of them or whether they find them too difficult. I think as much as it expands from software and uh, really does some cool things with that style, it still contains a lot of from software bullshit when it comes to like difficulty and, and things that piss people off about those games. Yeah. I remember when, uh, from software did armor core. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a mech game, just a third person shooter mech game. <laughs> I wouldn't mind them going back to that. If after they're done with Elden Ring, just like do, uh, doing something like, do something sci-fi. Do an open-world mech game, or like do a Dark Souls-style armored core if you want. They already did that. Like, 
Someone already did that. It didn't do well. What was it? Oh, you don't know? You're, uh, 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 damn. It was a sarc. Uh, Are you talking about Anthem from? Bio? No, 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 no. I'm talking about um. Uh, what the hell is the name of that game? I always thought Anthem from Bioware could have been that if they didn't fuck it up so much. No, the Surge. Hmm. That the Surge two was. Not too bad from what I understand. Yeah, it was forgettable. <laughs> a lot of these uh a lot of these souls likes are forgettable, like Mortal Shell is forgettable. Um Remnant from the Ashes is forgettable. Remnant's pretty good. I played yeah, uh, I, I played through all that game and its DLC. Hell, when's the last time you heard someone talking about Sekiro? Uh I don't know. Like the, did I, did I, I, did I stump it, you it, with it, that one? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a very loaded question because like, if you're a fan of it, you, if you're not a fan of Sekiro, then you might not talk about it. But I, I still like, I, from software fans talk about that game a lot because it did a different, a very different thing with, uh, it, it's not a, it's not a Dark Souls game. It's not even a Soulsborne game. It's a Tenchu game with Dark Souls elements. You know, we're talking too much about Dark Souls and, and Souls-like games, so let's just move on to... Scott, what have you been playing? I've been playing uh, Cold Steel 4. I'm in Act 3 now, uh, so I'm getting close to the end of the game, I guess. Uh, I'm wrapping up the last quarter, and it's uh, very action-packed. Uh, you know, trying to stop a war, and it's getting very tense, and so a lot of action is happening. Um I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing something else after this is done. It's a, it's a very long story game, and so there's a lot of side quest stuff. And a lot You're of committed stuff. to that series, though. I don't know how you can stop. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like I just, I'd just be glad to take a break because I know um, Reverie is coming in 2003, and then Kuro is coming as well. So it'll be nice to play some other games for a while. Well, here's a question: Have you played that? Have you played that Animal Crossing DLC yet? Yes, I have. I, I did play that. Uh, you get to decorate some houses. You're given like a few items and a basic. I think you just, the, the audience deserves some. What's the name of the DLC? And it just came out today, by the way, everybody. It was a uh, happy home right. uh, construction. You're basically on these uh, uh, vacation islands, and you're creating a vacation home for a villager and you build a little house and you can decorate outside and inside and you're given a theme uh three items to use and it's a pretty easy challenge but it's fun to get creative with it and try different styles or whatever and usually the villager will like whatever you make and then you get points you get pokey points that you can only spend in that uh, island chain area and you can buy furniture from them um also in the update was the Harvey Island expansion where you get to uh, um, buy these camper sites to get those villagers that are like to visit. So uh, Red will be there with his art. Savannah will be there with her carpets. Uh, then you got Cyrus who will customize any object, which is a really <laughs> nice thing because uh, there was a lot of items that you couldn't customize and that you would have to go visit someone's island to get a different version of but now Cyrus will do that for you, 
and you just spend a few bells and you can decorate pretty much anything. So that's uh, really useful. Um, it's good DLC. Well, um, I played a little bit of Forza uh, Horizon 5. Have you played it, uh, TJ? I have not. I I hear wonderful things about it all the time, but I haven't had a chance to jump in and see for it's, myself yet. It's very laid back. <laughs> someone someone said that um, a lot of games are about racing. Forza Horizon 5 is about driving. And there's races in it, obviously, but you know it's more about driving. It's about cars more than it is about racing. It's also about that open world. Like they spent a meticulous amount of time on making that that environment to drive in. Well, just just so people know, that open world is actually a real world of Mexico. Um, they did mm-hmm. something similar with Forza Horizon 2 with France. Yeah, and like the that that world is like one of the stars of the show in that. So they just poured so much meticulous amount of detail into it, into both like making it fun to drive in, and also making uh, and also making it like just pleasant to see at all times. Yeah, um, you know, at the beginning they allow you to get a nickname or or a name, and uh, they actually had Jonah there, and that made it immediately my game of the year, no questions asked. Nice. You know how many games. Don't have the name Jonah in it. I mean, we play <laughs> Fallout 4. You can. There are so many names people can have that you can name yourself asshole, or you, you might or any other. There's a there's a Jonah in the Crossbell games in. There's also Azure, in they also Zero. They finally did Jonah. Jonah in NBA 2 2K as well, but mm. um, they had, uh, but. There's only Falcone with an E, so I, I doesn't doesn't work. You don't want to be a, vat, a Batman villain. Anyways, but yeah, um, it's fun. Um, also, surprised today that I played something else, which we're going to be discussing later in the podcast, which is sort of a so the thing is that Microsoft had their uh, 20th anniversary celebration today, mm-hmm. which was you know it was okay. It was mostly about talking about the documentary that's coming out on the Xbox. And various other flashbacks to previous E3s and stuff like that. You know, they didn't really have any game news except for the very, very, very end. And we'll be discussing that in a moment. Um, But, yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. Uh, Have you played anything else besides uh, Elden Ring? Um... I played a lot. Okay, I reviewed a game. I reviewed a Sherlock Holmes game this last week. Oh, that's right. I actually have it in my Epic uh, Library. I haven't checked it out yet. It's pretty good if you want a mystery game. Like that game is uh, is very, very, very much about the investigation, and it's in an open world. You get to explore a lot. But um, I was kind of happy to see a game like Frogware. Frogware is the folks that have done. A few different Sherlock Holmes games. Yes, they also- and they are they are responsible for Creepy Watson. Yes. <laughs> and they lean into that and make that a mechanic in chapter in this new chapter one game. They also did the Sinking City, so Yes. Uh, but the thing is uh, for those who don't know Creepy Watson, uh, here's the thing, you know, it's Sherlock Holmes and you have Watson and he follows you around. However, sometimes he does the Enderman thing. You're walking, walking, walking. You turn around, he's right there in your face. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So here's the creative way they went about that. And this isn't a spoiler because it says it right like from the first minute of the game. There's another character that's not Watson that follows Sherlock around in this game, and his name is John. And he's Sherlock's imaginary friend that he bounces ideas off of. Just so you know, uh, Watson's first name is John or James. Depends. They had, uh, Doyle called them both. I think they st- they stuck with James Watson. Yeah. Well, in this particular or John case, Watson very, was his name. In this particular case, he's very much not Watson. Like right. they actually go out of their way to say that. But um, he's interesting because he's a figment of Holmes's imagination. But Holmes interacts with him like regularly. It, to the point where people actually be like, will be like, who are you talking to? It's like myself. Um, and I really think it's interesting because once they establish this John as a figment of Sherlock's imagination, they can creepy Watson him around the environment, and it's not weird. He's just an imaginary friend that that Sherlock engages with. Yeah. By the and way, Doctor Watson's first name is John. Yes. It was James in one story. Yes. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a clever way of sort of leaning into the creepy Watson trope, but also making it a mechanic of a new character in this game. Did you uh, ever play the uh, Icon uh, Detective Agent or De- Sherlock Holmes Detective FMD uh, video game? I did not. It was an interesting one because it was uh, the only Sherlock Holmes that I know of that's uh, FMD, and you had to uh, use the different resources um, to figure out, you know, to, to find the, the mystery. And you would like have, uh, you, would, you would score points. And it was actually interesting because you had to score as little points as possible to keep your, because anytime you use something, it, it put a point on there. So, you know, if you uh, use the, uh, the, I guess the street boys or whatever, the little gangs that would run around, collect information or you, uh, telegram someone or you go interview someone and the video was really nice quality. It's one of those few FMV games that was really good and when you were talking about the Sherlock Holmes games it reminds me of that and uh, I know one of them is on Steam but the other two are not on Steam which is a shame because it's a really good series. This is a good one too because it's there is combat in it, but it's like confined to to very specific segments. And outside of that, it's entirely just like open world investigative game where you travel around this Mediterranean island called Cordona, and it's it's an island that's been settled by like various cultures at different times. So you've got castes in the city of like the wealthy, the poor, the traders, the beggars. And even men and women, because it's in the 1800s. Um, it doesn't shy away from, like, the unfortunate facts of racism, but also it handles those things sensibly. Um, but but as far as, like, investigation goes, I think it also handles that quite well, because there are all sorts of different ways to go about discovering clues, whether it's talking to people or exploring the environment. But I think my favorite part about it is that every time you discover a, a detail that matters, it's added to your casebook and you can equip that detail as if it was like a weapon. And that de- if you equip a detail, it will let you in- interact with people based on that detail 
or it will let you like find new things in the environment that you wouldn't otherwise find. Sort of like the council. Um, you ever you did you haven't played that game, right? I have not. Okay, so no, I haven't. The council is best known for having the worst um, voice acting in a game this side of House of the Dead, especially the main character's voices. The voice you're going to hear the entire time, and it's just like, oh, God, shut up. Don't say another word. He is. I don't know why they use that actor for that character. By the way, um, in the past 20 years, Frogwares has done 14 Sherlock Holmes games out of 22 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing I like about that investigative element is that it doesn't leave you like wondering what the hell you should do with a detail. If there's something that you should be doing with it, there's like a red marker on it that could be like it could be like three three heads, which means that you should go talk to people around and ask them about the detail, or it could be an eye, which means you should use Sherlock's detective vision to like look for a certain clue in the environment. Frogwares and, has, has has really done a good job with that throughout the entire – for doing a, a detective game in previous Sherlock Holmes games. I haven't played this one, so I don't know if it's different. But in previous Sherlock Holmes games and also in The Sinking City, by the way, they use the same mechanic in which you would start making connections, you know, and that's how you start solving mysteries. You'd make connections between things, and that's how you would solve a mystery. Yeah. Rat, you know, because a lot of other games can't do it. Like um, – what was it? Uh, Criminal, that that Xbox game, which got a sequel, Condemned. Uh, Condemned, the first Condemned had something like that. You yeah. know, you know, in which you had to make connections with with uh, stuff. By the way, according to this uh, Sherlock Holmes, this is chapter one, and it's an open world game. Yes, that's what I was saying before. That it's pretty much open world at all times, and you can fo- and like there is a main mystery thread that you can follow. But you can also just wander around the entire city, like and you'll and you'll run into various side missions and side mysteries that just happen to be about. And uh, those side mysteries are almost as fun as the uh, as the main path at a lot of times because they bring up a lot of interesting. Like there's straight up one where uh, <laughs> what was it? There's there's one where like they two men die in a cemetery. And a hobo and a journalist are the only ones who saw it, and they're convinced that a, that, a, that a vampire rose from the grave and killed the two men. So you have to figure out why the hell two dead men have puncture marks on their neck, and uh, whether it was a supernatural or whether it was not. I'm pretty sure it was a supernatural, just like the Hound of the Baskervilles. <laughs> I really like the angles that they take with the mysteries in the game, and the way in which you piece everything together it's it's really really i i haven't had that much fun with a game that's just purely investigated since the professor Layton games and i really just think that it's uh i kind of wish the combat wasn't even there because the combat is easily the weakest part of the whole game but you can also skip the combat segment segments I, if you want so that's i miss the professor Layton games those were so good you know that dr watson actually appeared in uh great ace attorney adventures Yes, I like that. I like that game. Um, the uh, Sherlock Holmes in that game is hilarious. Or I'm sorry, Herlock Sholmes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, go ahead. It just feels kind of silly because it's like 
you know they're using the character. So well, the characters are. Well, here's the thing: you can't really get in trouble using the character because it's public domain. There was something about it that they would have gotten in trouble. It's possibly because Frogware owns the rights to be able to use that character in games. Uh, no, <laughs> because that again, public domain. I think here's the thing with Frogware, though. Um, you know they've been in a lot of uh, legal kerfuffle anyway, because yes. they they've been trying to claim that Focus Home Interactive had nothing to do with their Sherlock Holmes games and so on. I don't know. Um, it could just be it's a Japanese game and they just want to be able to. Here's the thing: in that in that great uh, great Ace Adventures, uh, Doctor Watson is killed, and his ten year old daughter has to solve help him solve the mystery. So the, I guess they just wanted to do their own um, their own thing, be able to do things that won't upset Holmes fans because, uh, yeah, it's not really Holmes. Just like there's never – whenever these RP, JRPGs deal with World War II, it's never actually Japan and Germany. It's It's like some country over there allied with another country over there, and there's an Adolf Hitler-like character, but it's not Adolf Hitler – it's in some alternate universe, you know, sort of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we're getting way off the off the track here. So, uh, we're going to go back to From Software, and uh, we have a gaming flashback. Is that going to be me? Yes, it's going to be you. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, it is Dark Souls. Dark Souls is a 2011 action role-playing game developed by From Software and published by Nimco Bandai Games. A spiritual successor to From Software is Demon Souls. The game is the second installment of the Souls series. Dark Souls takes place in the fictional kingdom of Lordran, where players assume the role of a cursed undead character who begins a pilgrimage to discover the fate of their kind. A core mechanic of the game is exploration. Players are encouraged to proceed with caution, learn from past mistakes, or find alternative areas to explore. Dark Souls takes place in a large and continuous open-world environment, connected through a central hub area. The player character can travel between areas and explore various paths at will, although prerequisites must be met to unlock certain areas. The player character's interaction within the world of Dark Souls includes a great deal of combat. Combat includes melee attacks, various forms of defensive maneuvering and magical abilities. Another aspect of the Dark Souls of Dark Souls is the humanity system. There are two forms that the player can take during the game, human form or hollow form. Whenever the the character die, whenever the player character dies in human form, they are returned to hollow form and can only return to human form by consuming the humanity item and issuing the command at the, bro- the bonfire to restore humanity. While in human form, the player character may summon other players and non-player characters to assist them, but they may also be subject to invasions by other players and NPCs who seek to kill the player to restore their humanity, harvest goals, or harvest souls, or achieve some other goal. Yeah. So here's the thing: um, Dark Souls is a thing because um, everybody hated uh, Demon Souls when it first came out. Sony wanted no part of it. They said, "Ugh, this is this this is horrible." And the the uh, CEO said, "It's the worst game he'd ever played in his life." So they cut ties with From Software, and then guess what? Word got around that it was an incredibly hard game, and From Software decided, "You know what? We're going to make another one, 
and we're going to do it without Sony, and they called it Dark Souls. Yes. And, like, what a, what a, what a blossoming of, of this style this was. There are still people that consider the original Dark Souls to be the best of the series, and many people consider the remastered version that came out pretty, not too long ago, maybe a couple of years now. They consider that to be like the ultimate form of the of Soulsborne. The Prepare because, to Die edition. Yes. <laughs> um, it's amazing how good they did with this one and how much it set up like expectation. A genre. The the, uh, yeah, the genre and expectation for the rest of the series. Like, there are people that think Dark Souls 2 is horrible because it's not as good as Dark Souls 1. And I know there's some uh, people who think Bloodborne is the best of the series, even though it's not officially part of the Dark Souls series, but the best yes. of the Souls-like spy from software. Yes. Which is why I guess I, they call it Soulsborne. <laughs> I myself am uh, I'm partial to Dark Souls 3. That's probably my favorite of the series because I feel it has the best environments. I feel it has the best refinement of the combat. Um, and also, from, yeah, from Software said it was going to be the last Dark Souls, and I believe them because... They're still making Dark Souls-type games. They're just not following that storyline anymore. Yeah. Um, and, like, they... I like when they experiment with things. I can see what they're trying... Like, I, having played the Elden Ring Network test this last weekend, I can see what they're doing with it. And there, there are people that have been comparing this game to Breath of the Wild by From Software. And that's an apropos statement, because it really just... That network test just really throws you right into the game. There's a tutorial cave, and then you come out of that cave, and there's a main thread that you can follow, but it also gives you the freedom to just kind of, like, fuck off and do whatever you want to do and explore the world, and there are side quests and caves to explore and just, like... And also, I, pe people have made that comparison also to the visuals, too, to Breath of the Wild. Yes, the area that you start out in is kind of a plateau in which you have to get a certain form of mobility before you can go leave it. Um, I think it's really interesting that the way they set this up is so freeform. They added the style, they added the, like the, the stance breaking and, and the stealth from Sekiro as well. And they added a jump button and they added like so many little things that it, that, People have been asking from software games to have for years, and I really think it's a good expansion of the style. And I feel like if Sekiro and Bloodborne hadn't happened, they might not have as much refinement in Elden Ring. Scott, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I was going to say that uh, Dark Souls 3 was also one that I was uh, playing a lot of and familiar with. I know some of the mechanics changed from uh, Dark Souls, where... Uh, I can't remember. It's like you become, you don't become human. You become ember or, or, or uh, on fire. Uh, okay. so you can, uh, bring people in, but you also uh, open yourself up to attacks or invasions from other players. So that's, uh, you know, like a trade off there. But I had a lot of fun playing it and it was actually really neat, uh, you know, knowing that you could get killed at any time. It was very challenging. And it kept you on your toes. And there was even a part where there's a dragon that just is shooting fire in this alleyway. And you can't 
hit him and you can't do anything to resist his fire. He just shoots you and kills you if you go in there. It's like you're not supposed to go in there. It's just this thing to tempt you because you see these little glowing treasures that go grab and he just blows fire and and kills you if you go in there. It's it's kind of funny that way. And the reason why I don't think that there's a, I I don't think Elden Ring is going to change many minds about from software games because once you get out of that tutorial cave, there's a freaking monster of a, of a knight on horseback that's just sitting out patrolling the, a hill nearby. Oh yeah, you said that um that the, that was the number one thing that it added was horses. Yes, but this is just a this is an encounter that you can choose to take on, and if you do, this guy will mess you up real big. He is not to be effed with. He is you can you can totally skirt around him and avoid him altogether, which is good because he cannot be defeated when you first come out of that cave. Or he can, but you have to cheese him pretty hard. Um, yeah, but you said you I, loved riding horses in Elden Ring. But yeah, but you can't steal his horse. He's an, no, I'm not talking about him. I'm just talking about in general. Um, but yeah, like it's and so like he is representative of typical from software bullshit, where like you step out of this tutorial cave and immediately standing outside is an insurmountable force ready to beat you to pulp and, and remind you that you suck and you and you're <laughs> get stronger. <laughs> I uh I really do like from software games and I'm okay with that, but I know a lot of people that are gonna be like, what the fuck? Why what is this? Why do you do this? And I I think that it's really like I think it's the kind of thing where from software fans are going to be happy with this. It's a very cool expansion of, of from software style, but it's not going to change minds about like it's not going to make a, a from software fan out of the non from software fan. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're going to move on to the first uh, news item, and uh, this will segue into what I also was playing today. Surprise Halo Infinite multiplayer launch buckles Steam servers, and this comes to us from PC Gamer. At around 11 a.m. Pacific time today, Steam's total bandwidth usage more than doubled to 23.5 terabytes per second thanks to the surprise release of Halo Infinite's free-to-play multiplayer. The sudden spike wasn't just a line on the graph, either. Some players found that their Steam client estimated it would take three days to download Halo Infinite's 23.7 gigabyte multiplayer package at that rate. However, players tried pausing and restarting the download as Steam eventually eventually hit its normal download rate. 23.4 terabytes per second is a big spike on Steam, but not abnormal for a launch. On September 28th, the day New World launched, uh, Steam's global bandwidth usage peaked at 24.1 terabytes per second, if this this page archive is correct. Uh, New World's download set is also 14 gigabytes uh, bigger than Halo Infinite multiplayer, so each player would have uh, spent longer downloading it. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I've been playing, I'm getting achievements. So, and one of the good things is that, um, even though this is still technically the beta, all, um, all progression carries over to when it actually launches in December 8th. So, yeah, I mean, it was like shocked. Everybody was like, what? (laughs) It's like the second people found out you can play, everybody can play Halo Infinite now. It's like Twitter exploded. Yeah, this was a big shocker today. Like, 
we all thought we were going to be waiting until December 7th. And they were like, nope, go play multiplayer right now. (laughs) It's it's uh, really good. (laughs) The only complaint the only complaint I have is that I haven't figured out how to play the big team battles that I want to play because I hate playing um, uh, domination mode, which is basically king of the hill mode. I prefer straight up, um, you know, capture the flag because there I have better roles to do. I just really don't like. Uh, so I was hoping there would be a way to be able to choose what you wanted to play, and you can if you start the game yourself, I guess. But I just wanted to, you know, quick join something, and they better allow me to do uh, be able to choose the kind of game I want to play, or else I'm just going to be that player who enters and then quits and then tries again because he's not playing the game he wants to play. And that that's horrible. Um, I'm still really looking forward to the campaign even more than multiplayer because that's the way I am. Uh, but so far, people have been raving about the gameplay, and it's everything that they wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, I played the last multiplayer test. I haven't jumped into the new version to see how they've balanced it. I really enjoyed what they were doing with uh, the new weapons in that game. The uh, There's a there's a rifle that's like an a, a energy rifle. It's like an energy sniper rifle that uh, it charges up, and then you can basically blast someone at long range with like a test, like an electricity. Yeah, plant. that happened to me. And the last thing I saw was this really bright light off in the distance. <laughs> that when- is easily easily my favorite new weapon in the game. I think it's a I think it's a delight to pick that thing up and just. Yeah, I learned to react to it like I do when someone has a Spartan laser. It's like, yeah, run for cover. <laughs> Someone's trying to fry you from afar. Yes. And the funniest thing about it is that not only will it do horrible, tremendous damage to a person if you headshot them, but because it's an electricity weapon, it bounces off multiple targets when you hit the yeah. one person with it. And uh, I really enjoy that thing. Like, it feels good, too, when you land that shot. I really like it. What I don't like in the game so far, and I don't know if they balanced this out from the last time, is that the shotgun is weak. And that feels atrocious for a Halo game. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I demoed it. Uh, so what happens is there's a um, there's a training section you know, that you just play against bots, and the shotgun still felt a little weak to me. I think they want you to get really close with it, but I think they can narrow the, uh, the spread a bit. I hate the shot what they did to that shotgun i hate that they what because like i'm used to the shotgun of your the halo one and halo two shotgun that absolutely devastates buttholes when you get close enough with it it's not good this i i i I got this shotgun and i snuck up on somebody in the last multiplayer test and i swear i was five feet from them and hit them center mass with the shotgun and it took two shots, and I was so mad about it for the rest of the day. <laughs> it took me more. I, uh, here's the thing. 343 is good about this. You know, they they will notice if people are using the shotgun, and if people aren't, they'll say, we better buff this a little bit. It I, doesn't feel good. It's an automatic shotgun, and it just feels flimsy to fire. It doesn't have a lot of impact to it. I'm a pistol guy. I mean, I, you start with a machine gun, right? Or whatever they call it thing. Uh, I, I never know what they call it because they keep on changing the names. But I always switch to the pistol immediately because I'm very good at getting headshots with it. Mm-hmm. And it isn't it feels pow- good in this game. Yeah, it isn't powerful, powerful like certain other pistols, but I'm pretty sure I could 
I got. I, I'm pretty sure you have to. If you have to find the Magnum to get to, you know, because the Magnum is just deadly. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just disappointing because the shotgun used to be like the the end all be all. Get this weapon as soon as it spawns type thing in uh in Halo and like this shotgun, you can skip this shotgun. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure fans will complain and they will fix it. It's 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 a. Here's the thing. Um, it's. Halo is a bit is sort of a live service right now. I wouldn't technically call it a live service. I mean, they you know, you do have these Spartan stories which have which started as well, uh, season one. But they're constantly tweaking the game. So, and three four three Industries, their entire job is Halo, so <laughs> they're going to be shepherding that for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they figure it out because right now the shotgun is freaking awful. It's not as big a travesty as the next item, so you can take that one, Scott. Uh, TJ. Oh, okay. You know the travesty I'm talking about. Grand Theft Auto Trilogy back on PC after Rockstar removes unintentionally included files from PC Gamer. Last week, Rockstar launched the the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, a remastered bundle of three of the most influential games of all time. And almost immediately afterwards, the Rockstar Rockstar Games launcher went down, and the games were pulled from sale. The launcher sputtered back to life late Friday, but the trilogy remained unavailable. Rockstar's official accounts subsequently confirmed that the trilogy was unavailable to play or purchase as we removed files unintentionally included in those versions. It has now returned to sale, presumably stripped of the offending material. The GTA trilogy launch looks like it's going to remain in the news for a while because these these files are only one part of its woes. The quality of the ports appears extremely poor, some calling it a mess with features like Rain having bizarre implementations that can render the games more or less unplayable. The trilogy may be back on sale, but it will be some time before it can be considered worthy of the games that it was supposed to bring back. It was supposed to bring back to life. I'm going to say something this, right now. Um, officially, right now, um, the San Andreas uh, is the lowest game ever, ever on Metacritic, beating the uh, the the uh, War, Warcraft Three remastered game. That's how bad it's gotten. It deserves it. So that is there were so many people that were excited to see this come back. And like I would have I wanted to dip my toes back into Vice City. My my boss bought the game before reading coverage on Switch. So what's really amazing is that uh, two things. One, it took two years to develop. Does it look like they worked two years on that? Really? And the developer is Grove Street Games and um yeah, they did the GTA ports from mobile. Why would you hire these people to port your game to PC and consoles? But yeah. that's not just the that that's the, the worst part of this is that Rockstar made the original games, Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City and not only did they take them off the store, the original games, but they also made it so that you couldn't play them in the first place. And yeah. here's the thing. Those games had been modded 
far, far better than the remasters are, you know. And here's the here's the Nintendo like balls on Rockstar. They sent out all these um they sent out cease and desist letters to modders on the original games, threatening them with legal action. And you know that there's a Grand Theft Auto 4 port coming, um, remaster coming, because they started doing the same thing with Grand Theft Auto 4 uh, modders, who improved the graphics and all that stuff of the original Grand Theft Auto 4. It's terrible. And, like, the fact, the, (laughs) one of my uh, colleagues, who is very, very deep into technical details, his claim is that these are, this is basically the cell phone ports of the trilogy that came out a while back. You think? And and it lines up with the fact that like the same files were included on that cell phone port trilogy and had to be removed from the store back then too. Some of the um, things you see in that game are just bizarre. Like so it's there's one woman, you know the woman in the uh, American the American flag bikini. She looks like She's the star of WAP. <laughs> mm. And then you have one guy whose arms look like they're noodles. It's just weird. Yeah, like it's like they took those cell phone games and and like de-optimized. Like, is that even a word? De-optimized them. And, and I'm not <laughs> saying that those were optimized, but they took all those games and made them somehow worse than they were when they were first born. If you made um the main jeez ca- I, f- I forgot the name of the main character San Andreas um CJ CJ if you put him at his fattest you know because in the game he could become skinnier fat and all that his belly and his torso are levitating above his legs mm-hmm. that's something you wouldn't notice in a cell phone but you would notice on a uh, and here the thing is that people are confused. Why didn't you just hire the modders and just pay them for the mods and implement them into Grand Theft Auto, uh, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy? Yeah, why'd you spend so much time fucking up with people that actually cared about your games? All you do is like, send them a cease and desist letters and threaten them with lawsuits. Who do you think you are, Nintendo? At least Nintendo <laughs> makes their games good when they uh, when they send cease and desist out. Well, you know what? Let's credit Valve, because when people do great shit on Valve, Valve takes notice and say, hey, we like your idea. Let's go with it. That's how Portal was made. That's how uh, Counter-Strike was made. That's how uh, another game, uh, Dota, was made. Was it Dota? No, Dota was uh, Star Trek. No, the other one. Um, Not Dota. Dota was made through modders. I know it was made through modders, but but it was StarCraft II mod, wasn't it? It was a Warcraft three mod. It was okay, yeah. Well, then uh, that was that was also Blizzard. I mean, Blizzard says we like your shit. Let's do it. Let's make it. You know. Isn't there a ton of Team mods Fortress two for Grand Theft Auto five? Yeah, there is. There is. There is, and Take Two fucking hates that mod community because they, they make it they make it look uh, better. <laughs> they make it look better than the remaster. Oh, they that's right. They also didn't they also release a. Grand Theft Auto 5 10th year anniversary edition or something like that or an anniversary edition that's supposed to be uh, optimized for ninth generation consoles. Um, I don't know, but 
but they but Take Two has taken legal action against Grand Theft Auto Five modders as well. Oh, let's talk about Left 4 Dead Two, Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead Two and Team Fortress Two. More mods that Valve said you did really good job. Gabe Newell at least recognizes talent. He's a, he's a developer, right? And he says he he looks at these things and wow, you're doing great stuff. We want to own that. <laughs> Sega Two. That's how Sonic Mania came to be. Yeah, uh, but you're not going to see that ever again because uh, oh wait, isn't there a Sega? Isn't there a Sonic Mania Two coming? There is. No, oh, okay, never mind. Because Sonic Team sucks. <laughs> well, Sonic Team is working on a new game for like 2022. We'll yeah, they still suck. But- they, they 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 do every game they do is just subpar and could have been done better. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, Sonic Sonic, Sonic Team Sonic is Sonic like, Mania is basically a fan game. Sonic Boom was like hilariously bad, but like Sonic Oh, Boom there's a, there's so much about that. Did you know that they actually had an Xbox 360 version of that which looked amazing and played amazing? And people played the demo of that, but it never came out obviously on 360, it was only on Nintendo. But yeah. the, here's the problem. They tried to make the Nintendo version as advanced as as the as the Xbox version, and uh, it couldn't handle it, obviously, because it didn't. It couldn't use Unreal. Yeah, and like that's the thing is that 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 game was so broken that it was like hilarious. Sonic Forces was not broken, but it was just kind of bad. Eh. I wouldn't say <laughs> bad. bad. It was just it worked. No, the game worked and like played all the way from beginning to end. It just wasn't all that interesting. Yeah, and they had a concept of one of them. I forgot which Sonic it was, but you actually created your own character. That's who Sonic interact- Forces. Right. And that was such a blown opportunity, you know, to have that a... Is, that game is a solid 6 out of 10. It doesn't do anything wrong, but it's not spectacular in any way either. Yeah. They had a thing in which you could create your own Sonic character, and they completely blew that. That, 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 that could have been so big. You know, it could have been the Mass Effect of Sonic games. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Getting back to Grand Theft Auto, I mean, it's just, it's baffling that this port, these ports took two years. What were they doing during it's, that time? It's also baffling that the release of these ports effed up the Rockstar launcher so bad that you couldn't play any other games like uh, Redemption 2 or, wow. or uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah, because they released that like, they, they released GTA three with a hot coffee in it. They they messed up the Rockstar launcher so bad that people that didn't even care about the Grand Theft Auto trilogy suffered for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean and you know what's interesting is people are pointing at Mafia and saying that is what a remaster looks like. Yes. Those guys did an amazing job. And it was, um, and funny enough, it was also 2K. So, oh, wait, who owns the who owns the series now? I, I'm not sure. Does does 2K still own it? It is 2K that still, so, that still yeah. owns it. Because there was a thing in there. Uh, there was a thing in there. They they pretty much acquired the team <laughs> that did the remasters for the Mafia. Well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. here's the thing, um. Uh, uh, Hangar 13 did Mafia 3, and they were the ones who did the uh, remaster for the first Mafia. 
Yes, that's right. Hangar 13. Um, and they are, they are owned by TK games. Yeah. Who also own, Oh no, wait, oh. 2K publishes Rockstar stuff, but I don't know if they have any say in what they do anymore. Take Two publishes Rockstar stuff. 2K is another subsidiary under Take Two. Oh, uh, okay. Regard, it's just bizarre. Yeah. But what a disappointment too, because I really I like. And here's the thing, by the way, uh, the game got a lot of widespread because uh, San Andreas was on Game Pass. There's a lot of folks out there that were ready to re-explore games like Vice City, myself included, and like I'm not fucking buying this. I'm not. I'm not touching this trilogy with a fucking ten foot pole. Nostalgia isn't enough to get me to go back in there and weather a shitstorm of glitches and stupidity. How 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 viable are those original discs now? The uh, Xbox and uh, the Xbox and um, uh, uh, and PS2 discs now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I still I think I still have my original my PS2 Vice City disc somewhere out here. Yeah. I really like that game. And I would have loved to see it like handled with care, I, but I guess it was just not meant to be. It's a rush job. And it's a tragic rush job. It wasn't just it wasn't just a rush job, it was a lazy job. I mean, the people who who tried to remake Silent Hill 1 and 2 that was not a, that was a rush job, but not only was it a rush job, but they didn't have the uh, original games. They didn't have the they didn't have the code for it, which means they had to build it from scratch. And they still did a better job than this. Yeah. So, I hope that Two K or I hope that Take Two and Rockstar figure out how to fix this oh, because right now this is just an unacceptable travesty. <laughs> the modders have their work set out for them with this one. <laughs> you know what's really funny? You know what? Let me hear something really funny, Jonah. Is that the is that one of the executives at Rockstar Games? Oh yeah, he he bashed Cyberpunk 2077, talking yeah, about he said, we're not going to make a Russia game. <laughs> we're not we're not going to do the same mistake with our games. The gall on this piece of shit. Strauss so Zelda. Say that and then and then release. This absolute pot, this freaking dumpster fire of a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, Strauss Zelnick uh, was the one who did that at the investor call last year. And uh, boy, either he didn't know what was going on or he was just talking out of his ass. Or maybe both. But now he yeah. looks really bad. Mm-hmm. And that, but here's the thing is that... Um, you know, when Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, people are going to play it. Whatever that is. It's a shame, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. Microsoft adds 76 more games to Xbox backwards compatibility. This is from Eurogamer. 76 additional Xbox 360 and OG Xbox games are joining Microsoft's bumper Xbox backwards compatibility program. The announcement was made today during Microsoft's 20th anniversary Xbox celebration. The latest additions include all games in the Max Payne and Fear series, Time Splitters 2, 
and Future Perfect, uh, Dead or Alive Ultimate, Near Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, and more. Rockstar's Dead Red Dead Revolver is another game to make the cut, along with the infamous 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. All will benefit from auto HDR, and original Xbox games will experience a 4X resolution increase in Xbox Series X, Xbox One X, a 3X increase in Xbox Series S, and 2X resolution increase in Xbox One S and Xbox One. FPS boost will be available in many games, doubling the original frame rate up to 60 FPS in titles such as Fear, Fear 3, Binary Domain, and Nier. This feature is also coming to 26 additional games from the existing back uh, compact catalog, including all Gears of War titles, Fallout 3, New Vegas, Oblivion, Dragon Age Origins, Dead Space 2 and 3, Alan Wake, and Sonic Generations. I know someone who said, why isn't it coming to Dead Space? And someone said, well, EA is coming out with a remastered version of Dead Space soon. So, uh, Someone who played Sonic Generations in 60 FPS said it was smooth as silk. I saw the videos of Sonic Unleashed being played at 60 FPS today. It looked quite incredible for that game. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't played Time Splitters. Everybody keeps on talking about how great Time Splitters is. Time Splitters 2 is quite good. And I have never I played Reddit Revolver either, by the way. Um, so, um, for those who don't know, um, Reddit Revolver was an IP purchased by Rockstar. And mm-hmm. um, who was it? Uh, geez, what was the name of that dead company again? Um, you know, the one whose assets were sold off. Damn, I'm trying to remember their name. Uh, T something. Damn it, I forgot. They used to own, oh, THQ. THQ, I think, was the one who made uh, Red Dead Revolver. They thought it was a flop. And Rockstar said, we'll buy that. And they said, sure. And Red Dead Red Redemption was made. Um, but yeah, I, it's nice getting all these games. There are certain games that are not there. Like, what's weird is um, Jet Set Radio Future was backwards compatible on the Xbox 360. So we're still waiting for it to be backwards compatible with this generation. But I know I'm going to try off New Vegas uh, with with FPS boost and 4K. That should be fun to see. Yeah. So, I uh, <laughs> I think it's I, I I was hearing them say that this might be one of the the last big. They said that they out. said that on the show, but you know I don't believe them for a second because if a publisher says you know we want to make money on this old game, can we do backwards compatibility? They say yes, sir. <laughs> The the issues that they cited were uh, were licensing issues when they that were talking means about the other publishers own it. Yeah, and so it will. I I agree with you. If there's money to be made, the money will be made. The deals will be made. They'll do it. But as far as like, it was interesting to see that they said that this may be one of the last major updates to backwards compatibility for a while. What's interesting is a lot of these games still aren't on the digital store. So meaning you can you can pop in a disc, right? But I have a feeling that uh, these these publishers are getting ready to have these big announcements and release them on 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 the digital store at some point. Mm-hmm. We'll see, because the, the the publishers didn't just say, "Oh, we just want to do this out of the goodness of our hearts." You know, I haven't played Fear in a very long time. 
it still holds up. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, we're gonna move on to the next item, which is sort of a, <laughs> which is sort of a, a, a counterpoint to this. A Nintendo explains why there is no virtual console on Switch, and this comes to us from MRT. Virtual console is not on the Nintendo Switch, nor is it expected. Nintendo's historical legacy will be channeled through the services, as acknowledged by Doug Bowser, president of the American Division, in an interview with the Washington Post. I always love the fact that the American president of Nintendo's name is Bowser. Yes. What a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful successor. The manager has argued that the absence of this option is due to the fact they will enhance their Nintendo, their service Nintendo Switch online with more classic games in the future. Um, yeah, you can smell the bullshit from a mile away right now, so we're just going <laughs> to trug through this. We looked at how gamers interact with games today. So we concluded that Nintendo's online service and its initial offering of NES and Super Nintendo games was a good way for us to bring these titles to market and to deliver value to a service as a whole. We are at a point in where there are more than 130 games available between four of these different platforms, the NES, Super NES, N64, and Mega Drive. And the plan is to continue focusing attention on the quality of that content and adding more products as value. The arrival of Expansion Pack has drawn criticism not only for the subscription is required to access the Nintendo 64 and Mega Drive titles, but also because of the emulation uh, problems of classics like Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, or Super Mario 64. The president has responded to the verse that they are taking feedback of the users very seriously. So that they intend to continue improving their product. You know, um, we talked about this in the first version of this episode. Uh, it was recorded last week, but it was really bad. So we're just doing – we just did this episode again. And we talked about how we, – we were talking about the GTA games and their ports. And these ports are pretty bad too. They're not as bad as GTA. Nothing will ever be. But you have to wonder what they were doing with them. There's there's games that work and then there's games that are are bad in their ports. Like Star Fox 64 on this on this thing works. It's it's a good port. And then games like Ocarina of Time, it's like it's like they put varying amounts of effort into them on a game by game basis. And I you know, don't really understand why <laughs> there's such a because their emulation software is worse than the other uh, than other people's emulation software. Because well, there is no and there, there is really for N64 there isn't. Yes, there is. Yes, and they've had it for. Um, as a matter of fact, that's one of the people. A lot of people have been buying the Xbox Series S because it is the le- uh, it is the best um, and most value uh, emulation platform out there. And uh, people of emu- who do emulations have pointed out how their emulations are so much better than Nintendo emulations. Because I think what Nintendo does is they just take the code and make it work on a, on a newer system. They don't really, you know, it's it's lazy, not quite as lazy as the GTA games seem to be, as they just ported uh, <laughs> mobile games apparently to PC. But it's still lazy. You know, and some games transfer easily, like Star Fox, and some don't. What's really bizarre is that uh, Ocarina of Time had the fog removed, which makes the levels look really weird. Mm-hmm. Well, you can see the restrictions on like draw distance, which you weren't. That's what the fog was supposed yeah, to cover. Yeah, the fog up. was supposed to cover it up. Hello, Superman sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, like, I, this has been disappointing, because, like, I mean, I like the fact, I like the fact that I can play these games, but I wish they would put more effort into them. Yeah, the thing is that, you know, they say, we looked at how gamers interact with games today. Yeah, well, if you did, then you'd notice how many, how many people are really flocking to Game Pass right now. Or they're really flocking to see how uh, backwards compatibility is being done on uh, Xbox and also PlayStation. Although the difference is that PlayStation is pay is making you pay to play old games while it's true backwards compatibilities for older games and, and with the Xbox system. But still, 130. If were, go ahead. If they, if they were really paying attention to how uh, users are engaging with games, then they would probably see how many memes are out there about how much people want the virtual console back. Yeah, here's the thing. They say we have more than 130 games between four. Yeah. Um, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Super Nintendo System, had thousands of games. Thousands. Not the virtual a... console brought a lot of those games over to the 3DS and to Wii. I mean, can you imagine how much bank Nintendo could make if they instituted their own Game Pass? Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what these Nintendo Switch Online things are supposed to be, but they're just... they are, First off, they take, like, three months to announce, like, an addition of, like, three to four games for, for their program. They are so... They, they drag their feet so much about it. And then there's the fact that Virtual Console, all these things were already available on Virtual Console. And yes, we were paying for them again, but at the same time, they were there. They were available. Why not just port that system over? Instead of, like, offering this thing that's, like, an extremely limited and sometimes not working version of that. And it'd be so easy to stream NES and SNES games, too. Just have a, a streaming service like Microsoft has right now, and PlayStation that does as well. Yeah. It's a bummer. I, I wish the were There's a lot of people out there that wish the, the Virtual Console didn't die for this, for Nintendo Switch Online libraries. Scott? Yes? Your opinion. <laughs> well, I think uh, they have a huge library of games, and... I think it's uh, I've I've seen emulations on all sorts of platforms, so I think it would be not really difficult for them to put more, if not the entire Nintendo library, on the, on on the Switch. Well, the first part, uh, first I mean the uh, the first party library. I mean they'd have to make negotiations for third party. Yeah, Maybe. first party. Sure. Yeah, I know the third party. They might not uh, have the license for anymore for a lot of different games. But there's just so many still that people are waiting for to be on there, and they add, and they seem to add some really odd ones on there too. So I don't know. Yeah, it did sound like uh, bullshit, like you were saying before earlier, um, that they're just making up an excuse not to add more games. Uh, they're I guess focusing on other things. Seems a bit odd to me too to have Mega Drive. Okay, Sega Genesis games on the Nintendo, because I still remember watching those uh, Sega does with Nintendo don't. Oh yeah, commercials. I remember that in the the last <laughs> processing and the the whole. I you know I grew up during last processing well. was bullshit by the way. And uh, now now all the Sega games, or at least some of them, are on the Nintendo Switch. Sega Sega runs on Nintendo now. <laughs> yeah. Or Sonic runs on uh, on Nintendo now. 
Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I hope that in the long run they do like they do they're they're obviously going to lean into Nintendo Switch online for a very long time, probably through the like they've said that they're going to rely on it through the next system, which I hope so because I would hate to start over from freaking scratch once again <laughs> and have another How many times have you bought the original 1985 gold gold cart Legend of Zelda game? I mean I mean I bought it again recently because I bought the Zelda game and watch. That's true, but that's different. That's different. <laughs> that that's having it on your wrist. I mean, it's it's not, you know, I'm talking about having to buy for each uh, Nintendo the, console. That's the little handheld they came out with that uh, that has Zelda 1, Zelda 2. I know. And, Isn't uh, it a game watch? Isn't it a uh, a handheld and a watch? Or no, something it's kind like of that? like a it's kind of like a little Game Boy. Like it, oh, it's okay. kind of like those Tiger Electronics toys, but uh full color and like on right. wider screen. Um anyways, I I'm so sick of them like restarting from scratch every time they do a console generation with the with the virtual console or Nintendo Switch Online. But it sounds like they're not going to do that. It sounds like they're going to go all in on Nintendo Switch Online and keep it going through the next generation. We'll see um, how that works for them. Yeah, I hope they do because I'm fucking sick of starting over. Um, but I also hope they add value to it. I hope they pick up the pace a little bit on adding games to these things because this is nowhere near as good as the virtual console was in this many years. Here's the thing. Sony and Microsoft are electronic computer manufacturers. Nintendo still has the mentality of being a toy manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And scarcity is what you want with toys in their eyes. Like a Furby or a Teddy Ruxpin. Or a Cabbage Patch Kid, you know that's that's their that's their strategy. It's always been scarcity drives sales. Microsoft and Sony both say, "Oh, we're just going to shove as much shit in your face as possible." <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and also Steam, because I'm going to tell you something. I have so many games on Steam; it's not funny, and a good chunk of them I haven't even played yet. Thank you, Humble Bundle. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're going to move on to listener feedback. Take this, TJ. All right. From Ralph on episode 628. Hi, guys. As always, thank you so much. I was a bit lazy listening to podcasts in general last month. Sorry for that. I played a lot of Metroid Dread, even though I've been stuck for several days, but I refuse to look at YouTube or, or anything like that to help me find it to help me find the way. In addition, I played a lot of Magic the Gathering and a little bit of WoW. Gets boring at the moment. I watched a lot of TV shows recently and a lot of movies. Just relax. Don't have to do anything except watching and listening. I hope that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does. Metroid Dread is really good, but it's also really hard. And there's no like difficulty settings in that game, so if you're stuck, you just stuck. Um, I also think, like, good for you for just trying to figure out. But don't be too proud to look up like us. If you're stuck at a point where you've just been stuck for a while, don't be too proud to go look for something and just see like what block you need to blow up with a bomb to figure to move forward. Um, I love Metroidvania games, so if you have any recommendations, except the obvious ones, Hollow Knight, Axiom Virgin, so on. I'm gonna say I'm gonna 
yeah, I'm going to have one for you. Uh, Dead Cells. Um, it's actually Dark Souls 2D. Because the name gives it away. But it's a good it's a good uh, Metroidvania game. It's a, it's a roguelike Metroidvania, but still fun. Ori is also another good one. Since we had mentioned Ori. A very recent one that came out that I've been in love with is called Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch. It's a... Uh, it is a. It just launched like in the last three months or so. It's um. It's it's like it's furries kind of. They're animal people. But you play as this rabbit that has a super giant like mechanized uh gauntlet that he uses to like punch the hell out of things. And it's got good melee combat. It's got good Metroidvania sensibilities. You Are you sure you're not talking about a Bionic Commando type of game? Um. It's still a Metroidvania. Um, you, you, it does that typical thing where you like can't get to certain areas until you find the abilities and upgrades you need in order to like traverse that terrain. And oh. I think it's like it's got really good music and really good artistic style to it. Okay, you know what? Actually, that reminds me of a game. I think it was last year or maybe the year before. But Carrion, try that game. I wouldn't say. Well, that's kind. It's of a Metroidvania. Is it? It is a Metroid. The only difference between it and other Metroidvania games is you don't have a mini map, so you really have to pay attention to where you're going. But yeah, yeah. levels don't lock unless you gain special abilities and stuff like that. Uh, for those who don't know, Carrion is a game in which you play a a blob, a creature, sort of like the thing, and you're trying to escape a, an underground science scientific facility. And there's just so much – it's so much fun because it's sort of like a, a cheesy 90s uh, horror movie, except you're playing the monster. And um, a lot of it is you creeping around as this blob going through all these ducts and pipes and all that stuff. But the fact is that uh, unlike most of these creatures, you're very fragile, and if someone has a flamethrower, you're going to be dead in two seconds. Um, and just grabbing someone and just eating them. Or if they're in armor, you have to whack them around a few times. Just just grab them with your tentacle and hurl them across the room until he's dead inside his outfit, his suit of armor. It's a lot of fun. An interesting thing about Fist is that it's actually, I think it's PC only right now, and it's very, very high fidelity. Like, it's 2.5D, but, like, they went all out on, uh, on, like, they actually went out on some ray tracing features and like some some very specific Nvidia stuff. The game is gorgeous. I uh, I actually think it's probably as polished as Metroid uh, as Metroid Dread. Yeah, it looks like a Pixar game. Looks like a game by Pixar. <laughs> well, yeah, it looks like well, it looks like okay, it looks like you're actually watching a a, a CGI a, a, C, a, a CGI movie. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a really dark version of uh, Zootopia. <laughs> yeah. But moving on. By the way, uh, we- you know the game also reminds me of a little bit um, is Biomutant, and it's like Biomutant could have been this. <laughs> it is very Biomutant, and it's like in its visuals and, and artistic style. But I think, but yes, I think it's uh, I think it's a very good Metroidvania game. I've been playing a lot of it lately. Yeah, I mean. Um, Biomutant, well, that was such a disappointment. It could have been so much better, but it was so incredibly generic. Yeah. Uh, regarding your Metroid Dread discussion, I really love that game. 
It's not too easy and not too hard. It has the unique unique Metroidvania elements, so so that you have to go there to get item X, where you can open something there and find something else. I really like this exploring stuff. Um, Pokemon never got me, but I don't. But even I don't care if there. Uh, I, I think he's he's getting Pokemon. back to. Here's the thing. Um, I think he's going to our discussion of what the top three Nintendo licenses were was. Mario, Zelda, and what? <laughs> and I think he's answering what. I think he's talking about the third Mario franchise. I think he's talking about the third um, Nintendo franchise, and considering which ones he likes best. Yeah, I know that there are a lot of games in a card game. Of course, I know that as a fanatic Magic player. Uh, the Zelda series is nice as well, even if the Switch title Breath of the Wild was it was disappointing to me a lot. Can't tell you why, but I never played it to the end. Maybe I should do it. And Zelda, I still think it's funny that many that many people think that the guy that you're playing as Zelda instead of Link. Um, yeah, I, I think that Breath of the Wild is very, 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 very different from any other Zelda game, and it didn't click with everybody. I still think it's amazing what you can do with that game, but uh, but I think that like if you're if you're like a traditionalist, if you want like the Zelda go from dungeon to dungeon collecting pieces of the Triforce experience. It's not that. I know a lot of people uh, who still think Wind Waker is the best uh, Zelda game in years. Uh, I think the best, I think the best traditional style Zelda that came out in a long time was uh, the Link's Awakening remake, the one that looked like all clay models and sort of just like it, it's it's that top-down Zelda style. I really liked that one a lot. How about you, Scott? Which which Zelda do you like the best of the recent Zeldas? Uh, well, recent I, I don't, man, I, I really enjoyed the music that was in uh, Cadence of Hyrule. That was very addictive play uh, combat, but Breath of the Wild really just invigorated the series as a whole. I think just exploring this giant world and you get to climb over everything and anything. Uh, how so about I the actually, most? How about the cla- of the of the recent classic Zelda games? Uh, did they put uh, Link to the Past on there? Yeah, okay, sure. Link to the Past, the remaster, yeah, sure. That was, that was definitely good. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, Skyward Sword. I haven't played that one. Uh, I should probably play that sometime since it's it's on there now. You can buy the HD remaster. Uh, they apparently they fixed a lot of the issues that that game had in the first place too. I kind of want to explore it as well. Oh, that's good, then. The only problem with Skyward Sword is that it holds your hand so much. That's one of the things they fixed. Um, that's, like, they're, of the things that they particularly set out to fix with that, uh, they made it so you can turn, that you can, like, turn down Fee. Like, basically, Fee won't bother you all the time to tell you what to do next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people who complained about that stupid thing, that 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 flying bugaboo. And they made it so you can play with motion controls, or you can just do like they they figured out how to to put the uh, sword swinging into. Yeah, the motion controls. controls sucked in that game. So they address they basically set out to address some of the most common issues when they made the HD remaster of that, and that's kind of why I want to play it again. Um, they still have the stamina bar though. I hate that. But uh, <clears throat> let's see. 
and Mario games. We don't have to talk about it. I played a lot of them, not all. I prefer the 2D games, but for example, Mario 64 and the, the Switch 3D game, the first one. But I never played the Sunshine series, for example. I wonder if you played. Uh, did he? I wonder if you played Galaxy. Those are good ones. I like those games. Yeah, I like collecting all those little crystals as you're going along, and you uh, use them to energize the little ghost thing and get more levels or power-ups. I think the first three Switch 3D game you're talking about is Odyssey? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the only other one I can think that they came out with recently is uh, Super Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury. Well, it's also, I think, the Mario Tennis and the Mario Golf games. Yeah, I think you say about the Mario platformers. Um, Okay, platformers, yeah. I never played any of the Elder Scrolls games, so I can't say anything about that. Uh, Regarding Nintendo Switch 4K, for me, I don't need it. I like the Switch a lot, and I prefer better story and and gameplay than better graphics. If I want mega shiny 4K graphics, I will play games for PS5 or the actual Xbox. Thanks again for everything, and keep up the good work. Stay healthy and have fun playing games. Greetings from Germany, Ralph. Well, that was nice to hear from him. Yeah. Thank you for writing us. Oh, a lot of... Uh, you see, uh, for those who don't know, uh, gamingpodcast.net, the commenting system is still screwed up, so I always have to provide the links to the Facebook uh, page. So if you're gonna write, uh, if you're gonna write uh, comments, just write on the Facebook page. Anyways, uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy your feedback, so leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. We'll also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us some iTunes comments. You can find me at Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Charger Moore. And we will see you next week. Oh, I, well, Here's the thing, by the way. I'm going to London uh, this week from Wednesday to Sunday, uh, maybe Monday morning, so... It'll be you know, good old London town for me, which is why I had to do it today on Monday. Have a good trip. Yeah, take some nice pictures. Uh, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. <laughs>